So the first transfer portal is closing in a few days. Are you satisfied? Or should Lincoln Riley leave the door open for more once spring camp opens? That's what we're going to talk about on this episode of Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. And I want to say thank you for coming along for the ride. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you are watching me on YouTube and you haven't done it yet, please hit that red subscribe button. It would mean a whole heck of a lot. And to those of you who already have, the thousands of you, thank you so very, very much. Let's keep that number growing. All right, so the job isn't done yet. Um, And if Lincoln Riley is going to bring more guys in through the transfer portal, that also means that more of your current guys on the roster, they're going to have to leave. You know, space is limited. So uh, I'm not going to play, you know, who do you want to see leave so you can bring so-and-so in. We're not going to point fingers in that direction. Uh, However, uh, I think everybody feels the same that, USC and Lincoln Riley and his coaching staff, they're not quite done with the transfer portal yet. However, I think you should be satisfied, at least up to this point. Um, Remember, after the season ended, and Lincoln Riley confirmed this last week when we sat down for a couple hours, uh, the emphasis was, they were putting an emphasis on the front seven, the defensive front seven, improving the talent base and getting better players inside the door. It was essential. Uh, like he said, you can't fake the front seven. And he was comparing where USC is today to Georgia because that's who you're comparing yourself to. If you want to be a national champion, a two-time defending national champion, you got to set the bar with Georgia. They're the team to beat right now. USC was there before. I'll get back there, hopefully. Um And we know the O-line, they addressed that through the transfer portal so far uh, with Jarrett Kingston, the offensive lineman from uh, Washington State, and the offensive tackle from Florida, Michael Tarquin, who, again, um, is going to be the (laughs) son-in-law to USC great Tony Vaselli. I don't think USC and Tony Vaselli would recommend uh, this young man if, if he wasn't up to the task. So again, O-line got addressed. And, you know, some other positions that they that they uh, they touched upon in the first uh, transfer portal window. Um, what's not to like at the running back spot? You already had Austin Jones and Rayleigh Brown and Darwin Barlow. Now those guys are going to get a competition from Marshawn Lloyd, the running back from Little USC. Again, we're talking about transfer portal guys. We're not talking about recruiting class. Very transfer portal specific in this first segment. Uh, today, um, I'm, when I'm making taping the show for Tuesday's Locked On USC episode, uh, Jordan Addison, wide receiver, he made it official. He is 
taking his talents to the NFL. But even with Jordan Addison moving on, as well as Gary Bryant Jr. and Kyle Ford and C.J. Williams leaving USC through the transfer portal, that was also addressed. Now, I, I, I think Lincoln Riley and the wide receiver coaches, Dennis Simmons and Luke Heward, had an idea that some guys were going to be leaving. Um, but they addressed it. So you lose, again, you, you lose GB1, Kyle Ford, CJ Williams. Uh, and let me throw this name out. Don't forget, Brew McCoy was also a part of this group who was no longer with the Trojans. He left the year before, uh, before Riley got here. Things didn't work out. That's four receivers, big-time receivers, <laughs> that USC is losing it was, you know, in a very short time span, and it doesn't affect them. Barely blinks. So you lose those guys, and you still bring in through the transfer portal Dorian Singer from Arizona, an all-Pac-12 conference caliber player. Again, transfer portal. I can talk about the two freshmen coming in. We don't need to. Not for this segment. So again, remember, the, the transfer portal, that's going to close in a few days. And then it reopens up again in May uh, once spring camps have finished or close to being done. You remember I mentioned it on yesterday's episode of Locked on USC. USC spring camp is starting early this season. March 22nd, I think, is the tentative date that's been scheduled, which means they should be done by the end of April. And so they're going to be able to uh, figure out what their needs still are, see who's who's coming or who's staying, who's going, and then they can fill in the holes, fill in the gaps of some other needs they need through the transfer portal at that time. Uh, so where else should Lincoln Riley and his staff focus through the transfer portal? Uh, maybe one or two uh, offensive line guys for depth purposes. Um, I guess, depending on how things shake out at USC's spring camp, more can come or leave. It depends. We know you've got a really good core group coming back, led by Justin Dietrich playing center, Cortland Ford uh, tackle, Jonah Monheim at guard, Gino Quinones coming back as well, trying to lock down one of those interior spots. So again, you got a good group of core guys. You got some young guys behind them. You got the two guys I already mentioned coming through the portal. I'm thinking they're probably going to look at at least one more offensive lineman. Uh, between now and the end of the May window. I haven't mentioned the quarterback position. Probably not necessary unless uh, Miller Moss decides it's time to, uh, I don't know, take his extreme talents elsewhere. You know, he he knows that Malachi Nelson is being tabbed as the future once uh, once Caleb leaves after where everyone anticipates he's leaving after the season. I really hope Miller sticks around. He's a personal favorite of mine. And uh, again, I, USC does not need to go get a quarterback in the transfer portal unless uh, Miller decides that he's going to take the, uh, maybe the Kyle Ford route is the best way to go. He's being patient, but there's only so much patience a quarterback can have uh, before you need to start looking elsewhere. I'm hoping it never happens. I really hope it doesn't come to that. I'd love to see Miller um, 
be able to take the baton, earn it, and then show Malachi Nelson how to be a college quarterback. I'm old school that way. Uh, should USC try and go out and grab a big-time tight end in the transfer portal? And maybe that would help convince Deuce Robinson, who it's starting to look more and more like he's going to commit and sign with Georgia when the February signing day rolls around. If Lincoln Riley can go out and get a big-time name tight end to come to USC and then actually use that tight end, would that be enough to maybe convince Deuce that, hey, yeah, you should be a Trojan? Who knows? Let's flick back to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so far, at least on paper, uh, I think the upgrades, they look solid. Th through the transfer portal, again, you've got Anthony Lucas. He's the big name grab defensive end that uh, it, they really were going after. And I, I think everyone's hoping he's going to be able to just step in and fill Tuli, Tui Apoloto's enormous shoes. Um, you also have Jack Sullivan, the defensive uh, lineman from Purdue, and Jamil Muhammad edge rusher, linebacker, and Kion Bars, the defensive tackle from University of Arizona. That's four guys for the defensive line if we throw Muhammad in there. And then you have the linebacker transfer, Mason Cobb. Again, is Muhammad a linebacker or is he an edge guy? We'll find out. We'll see how he's used in the spring. Maybe he's going to be used multiple ways. So this is a position that I would hope uh, they're going to bring a couple more guys in later in the spring. And I'm going to talk more about the linebackers coming up in our next segment. But first, we're going to talk about Built Bar. Are, are you looking for like a really good, delicious treat, but you don't want all of that fat and calories? Then you got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and look, my goal, drop one pound. <laughs> I'm going to eat a little bit healthier this year. Not a lot, just a little. So if you're like me where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got a thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't even think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. And what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're made with, they're covered with real chocolate, 100% real chocolate. And they come in these unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. Now, look, I'm not sure how they do it, but these bars, they taste like a candy bar, and they do it while maintaining their macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy for you. They're only 130 calories. They have four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Your body needs protein. And now that you don't need to... And, Check this out. Now, you don't have to go online to order these things. You don't have to wait for them. You can go get them. You can head over to your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. And then grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Or if you want to head over to Sam's Club, run in. You can grab a 13-bar box. And they have their hit flavors of brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. All right. Once again, thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. I need you to go check out the uh, the new podcast called Locked on College Basketball. It's 
everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear it from big name, big name experts, insiders, coaches, and the players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we know Lincoln Riley, Alex Grinch, their defense is under the microscope. And we know that they're uh, trying to address those issues, specifically on defense. Look, it starts with the roster, the Jimmys and the Joes. Those guys, when you get really, really good, high-caliber elite players, they can mask and cover up the X's and O's. The scheme might not always look great, but great players can make poor schemes look good. Um, we talked about the portal guys earlier. And we know um, at linebacker, we know that Shane Lee, Eric Gentry, and Rajon Davis are coming back. Those guys played in 2022. Excuse me, not so much Ray John Davis till the end, uh, but we know what Shane Lee and Eric Gentry are capable of. The only high school linebacker that they're bringing in, before I get to Taka Curtis, and then you had two uh, linebackers who redshirted. One was Carson Tabarachi, the transfer who came over from Utah, and then Garrison Madden uh, from I believe it's Alpharetta, Georgia. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so <clears throat> those guys are going to be looked to, to uh, looking to get some playing time coming up this season, and it'll start in spring camp. As I mentioned, Taka Curtis, the only linebacker they're bringing in um, as a high school recruit, and he's the best in the country. So they're they're going to be looking for him to make an impact, or at least become part of the rotation quickly. Will, will he start right away? I don't know. Will he be playing by the time the season rolls around? Yeah, I think so. So are those guys enough, that group? Um, if we include, obviously, the transfer portal linebacker in Mason Cobb and Muhammad, depending, again, is he on the edge? Are they going to use him at linebacker? Um, Eric Gentry, he was never the same once he came back from his injury that he suffered against Utah, in the first game against Utah, he just never really recovered. Um, and here's the thing. Is his future inside where they had him playing in 2022? Is this where Lincoln Riley is going to get involved and tweak things, make some adjustments? I mean, or, or are they going to move him to the outside? He, I mean, he is skinnier than the skinny jeans that everybody's wearing today. I, it's not a look I like, by the way. Um, but when he's healthy, you know, he's tall, he's fast. I'd like to see him maybe try him on the outside at the edge. I don't know. Shane Lee, we know he's coming back. Uh, he finished his first year at USC. Really good numbers, considering he played half the season with, you know, one hand. He had 79 total tackles, 52 of them were solo, seven and a half tackles for loss, three and a half sacks, two interceptions a pass deflection, and one defensive touchdown. Yes, there are some limitations to Shane's game. Um, he's not the fleetest of foot. Um, however, I think he's got the IQ to make sure he's always in the right spot. I'd love to see Shane Lee in this system for another year. 
he is your inside middle linebacker guy, especially in run-stopping situations. Again, maybe a little tweak to Alex Grinch's scheme is where Lincoln Riley steps in and say, all right, let's, let's just move these pieces around. Again, let's not try and put a square peg into a round hole. And I mentioned, you know, Shane Lee did all that playing pretty much half a season with just one arm, one hand. After the Cotton Bowl, Shane was asked, uh, you know, for his suggestions on how the defense can get better. He said, the first thing is to watch film and correct everything that we need to correct. As far as moving forward, I guess it's just playing together, playing fast, playing free. We just got to play fast and like we're having fun out there. We're tough to compete with when we do. Obviously, like we've shown it, there's other games with different spurts and stuff, but it's just about being consistent in doing so. Okay. That's, that sounds a lot like coach speak. We'll call that player speak. Uh, what the message in there, I think what Shane was trying to say without saying it uh, in in fewer words is, if I'll feel more comfortable in the system my second time around. Hopefully that's the case. Uh, and I, I'm taking that from the part where he says, you know, playing fast, playing free. That's the euphemism, euphemism for just feeling more comfortable. Not, not reading and reacting. It just happens. It just comes naturally. Uh, and he went on to continue that, look, I'm staying. I just like what we're building here. I'm comfortable here. I'm excited for what's to come. And I want to be a part of that. I want to help build it, and I want to be a part of it. Continue what we started. We talked before I came here about building something. This is just a, a continuation of that. I really am excited. I'm happy to see the new pieces we're going to bring in and how we're going to keep building and how we're going to keep climbing, end quote. Long story short, he's looking for some continuity. And he needs to be a part of that to keep it going. So again, how involved should Lincoln Riley get with the defense? He said he's going to do it. Is it a matter of, again, just getting Grinch better players? Uh, is that his involvement? I think it's going to be a little bit more than that. Or, you know, again, I'm going to say, does, does Lincoln Riley need to take a page out of Pete Carroll's playbook? where he allowed Norm Chow full autonomy of his offense in that first year. But at the end of the season, when they lost in the bowl game, ironically to Utah, it was, a, it was the Vegas Bowl. Um, Pete Carroll said, we're going to get more balance on offense. And he got a little bit more involved. He wanted to see more running to go along with Norm's prolific passing attack. We saw what happened starting in 2002 going forward. USC became that unstoppable program. And I'm not saying that you're going to see 2.0 of that, but Lincoln Riley knows how to attack a defense with his own offense. So I would think he would be able to maybe offer a couple suggestions on how to defend prolific offenses. Is he going to encourage, you know, Grinch to, you know, take more risks, uh, maybe blitz some more, throw out some exotic looks that, you know, just confuse the opponents. Again, second year, 
they're they're not trying to you can only do so much in that first year and that so much turned from four wins into 11 wins let's not let's not get, let that get lost anywhere in all of our what some of you think i'm doing is complaining and whining no hardly i am 100% behind what's going on with this program the coaching staff with that said it's okay to be critical going to be fair about it too everything isn't you know rainbows and gumdrops you can't just say in lincoln we trust doesn't work that way not with me <clears throat> you know one of my favorite in fact not one of it was my favorite offensive drive of the season usc's first drive in the cotton bowl against tulane it was, what, a 15, 16-play drive? Took almost nine minutes off the clock. That would be a great way for Lincoln Riley to help his defense. You don't need to go ball control Stanford style <laughs> all, for an entire game. But if you see your defense is struggling, you can dial back your offense. Just saying, there's multiple ways that Lincoln Riley is going to help USC's defense get better in 2023. We talked about bringing in better players, tweaking the scheme a little bit, making some adjustments here and there, but the offense can help as well. So, <clears throat> all right. I'm going to ask a King Solomon type of question. I'm not going to ask anybody to, you know, sacrifice their baby at the altar uh, to test uh, this theory. However, let's just have some fun with this. And I think I know what everybody's answers, what everybody's answer is going to be. But I think it's, I think it's going to be a fun question. If you had to choose one player to build a roster around, and we'll just stick on offense, who would you choose? I'm going to give you two pl two players to choose from they're both heisman trophy winners they both played for usc that's narrowing it down there for you would you choose reggie bush or caleb williams like i said i think i know most of you would probably choose caleb because of his ability to control an offense with his arm and his legs great answer i'm not going to argue with you you could probably convince me very easily. But um, Caleb didn't have Reggie Bush's speed. And I'll also go as far as say that Reggie was probably a better overall athlete compared to Caleb. And I know I'm splitting hairs. Nevertheless, when you think about how... Uh, how USC's poorest defense, think about that 2005 team, how that defense just, and they, as the season wore on, the defense wore out. And Reggie Bush literally carried USC over the finish line, kept that undefeated streak going. We all know about fourth and nine in South Bend with the Bush push. Remember the Fresno State game. You don't have Reggie Bush in that game. You're not playing Texas in the national championship game. Just got to point that out. 
So, again, I, I think I know where everybody's going to lean as far as, again, Caleb Williams, he's a generational player. And don't try and say, well, Reggie, when he got to the NFL, wasn't able to do. I'm talking about you got to start USC from ground zero, and you got to start on offense. Like I said, I, I think Caleb Williams was probably the correct answer, but if there is a 1A or 1B, I'm thinking, man, how do you say I'm not picking Reggie Bush? Do you want to play against him? Okay, that's a great question. Who wins? <laughs> all things being equal. All things being, all things being equal. USC's defense, 2005. I'm not even going to use 2022 because that was really bad. USC's defense, 2005. Who is going to have more success, Reggie Bush or Caleb Williams? I want your feedback. Tell it to me. You can tweet at me at my at Mark Culkin, M-A-R-C-K-U-L-K-I-N. You can let me know here on Locked on USC. Let me know. I think this is a fun question. All right, before I get out of here for this episode, once again, thanks for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Don't forget to go check out Locked on College Basketball. It's that season. Before you know it, March Madness is going to be here. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. All right. That's it for this episode of Locked on USC. It's a little short this time around. However, we'll be back again with another episode. So until then, Trojan fans, everyone, you know what to do, right? Get it up there.